the headquarters of Money and Credit Matters, it's the Rondi Lambert Show, the only holistic radio show where you learn the offense, the defense, and the playing field of personal finance. I'm Rondi Lambert, your host and financial coach, and I am so excited you are here with me today, and I know you're going to learn a ton about personal finances and your credit. Now, the phone lines are open at 1-800-475-SCORE. That's 1-800-475-7267. You can also chat with me live at rondylambeth.com. Again, that's rondylambeth.com. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Doing absolutely awesome. Hope you are as well. You know, today on the show, I want to talk about the dispute process. Now, what is the dispute process that I'm referring to? The information on your credit report, the inaccurate, erroneous, old information on your credit report that you would dispute in order to have it removed. Now, according to recent studies, and these studies go back all the way back to the 1970s, the result is always the same with one exception. Each year they do the study, the results get worse and worse and worse. Now, what is the study that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the study to see how many credit reports actually have mistakes. Mistakes such as wrong accounts, mistakes such as wrong social security numbers, wrong birth dates, showing bankruptcy when you've never filed bankruptcy, showing a foreclosure when you've never owned a home. According to the recent study done by the Federal Trade Commission, nearly 80% 80% of all credit reports have these types of mistakes on them or similar types of mistakes. 80%. Isn't that number absolutely incredible? Now, I've looked at thousands of credit reports, and I will tell you this. 100% of all credit reports. That's right. 100% of all credit reports contain mistakes and errors. 100%. In fact, If you can give me a mortgage, a tri-merge mortgage credit report, and the reason I say mortgage is because it shows all of the data where a lot of these consumer reports that you get for free don't show all of the data. They don't show all the history. So if you give me a true tri-merge credit report, and the tri-merge just means they take all three bureaus and they merge it into one, so that way I don't have to look at three different reports. I can look at one report and it has everything listed side by side. If you can give me a 100% accurate credit report, 100% accurate credit report, I'll give you $10,000 in cash. That's a bold claim, is it not? I'll give you $10,000 in cash if you can show me a 100% credit report. Now, here's the qualifications of that. It has to be an active file. You have to have credit cards, and you have to have a car loan. You have to have a mortgage on there. It has to be an actual credit report. It can't be something like Dave Ramsey has that has absolutely nothing on it, and it's no rating. That doesn't count. It has to be an open, active credit report that you have active accounts. Why do I have those qualifications? Because you could literally have, I mean, if you pulled my grandson's credit report, he wouldn't have one. And so, technically, it would be accurate, right? Because there's nothing on it. He might have a credit report, but there would be nothing there because he's only three years old. Now, why would a credit bureau be tracking a three-year-old? Well, they do. They track everybody. Everybody. Why? Because they can make money from it. Do you have one of those little discount cards that you use at Safeway, Albertsons, King Supers, uh, Riley's, um, 
sprouts. You know how the, the little card that you you swipe right before you check out at the grocery store, and then you start seeing the dollars come off, and it makes it cheaper, right? Because if you if you have one of these cards, they you automatically get the coupons and discounts. You know what I'm talking about, right? That information is sent to one of the largest reporting agencies in the world. It's in the middle of the United States. It is a huge, huge facility with thousands of servers. And what they do is they gather all of that information and then they sell it. So they know your name and your email address and where you live and your phone number and all that. So you actually have a file with them, okay? Now, when you buy a tube of toothpaste and it's Colgate cinnamon flavored, that goes into their database. They know that you like to buy a tube of toothpaste every nine months, and you always get a new toothbrush, and you always do it with a bag of Doritos or whatever it is, but they track every single thing that you buy. And then they can actually target you, so they can sell that to a marketing company, and the marketing company can then sell it to a manufacturer or a, a someone who sells that product, and then they can randomly send you, or what it seems to be random, a coupon for future purchases. So if you buy Colgate cinnamon flavor in March and you buy it every 90 days, all of a sudden, 90 days later, you receive in the mail a coupon encouraging you to buy their product again. And that's kind of how that system works. So not only is the credit bureaus tracking your payment history, but they're also tracking what you buy, what you buy at the store what kind of gas you buy. Because then the credit card companies are selling that information as well. They're selling what products you buy. Everything is tracked. Now, why am I going over all this? Because I want to go over how the dispute process works and why 100% of all credit reports are inaccurate. And they have inaccuracies on them 100% of the time. And how you can actually get these items removed from your credit report. Items like late payments and charge-offs and judgments and short sales, bankruptcies, foreclosures, tax liens, you name it, it can be removed. In fact, there's nothing on a credit report that can't be removed from a credit report. Nothing. Not one single thing on that credit file is it impossible to have it removed. Nothing. Everything can be removed. If it's placed onto the file, it can be taken off of the file. All right? So how does the dispute process work? When you go and you find that mistake on your credit report, such as a bankruptcy, now, I'm not saying that you can only delete mistakes that aren't yours. I'm talking about the mistake inside the credit reporting. For example, the bankruptcy case has a particular file number to it. Each credit bureau reports a different file number. Even though the law requires them to report only accurate information, only one of the credit bureaus actually reports accurate information. The other two report something similar to the accurate case number, but it's something different. Why would they do that? Because it makes it look like you file bankruptcy three times when really only file bankruptcy once. And so by reporting it the extra two times, it makes your credit score that much lower. So when I say you can dispute the mistake, you would dispute the mistake that they're reporting the wrong file or case number. And because of that, you can actually get the bankruptcy removed from your credit report. No reason to wait 10 years when you can wait 10 days and dispute it and have it removed. And we've removed tons and tons of bankruptcies. If you have a bankruptcy or a charge-off or a short sale or judgment or a late payment, anything like that on your credit report and you want to have it removed, give my team a call. Free consultation at 1-800-475-SCORE. 
That's 1-800-475-7267. Or simply go to the website and sign up at badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com. Credit tip number 14, why you should never pay off an installment loan. Now, installment loan is a mortgage, a student loan, a signature loan, or most commonly what most people have is a car loan. Now, I'm not saying that you should be in debt, but I have a strategy for you to actually pay it down, pay very little interest, but then get the benefit of them having it, them report it to Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, which then increases your credit file, which increases your credit score, which decreases the amount of interest you will pay in the future. What you want to do is this. If you go out, instead of paying cash for a car, like some people recommend, I recommend that you get a loan for that car. Let's start out with a $20,000 loan, for example. You get a $20,000 loan, but you have $20,000 in the bank. You put 20% down. So now you owe $16,000. They finance that over five years at $200 a month. Your very first month, you're going to pay $15,951. That's right. You're going to pay $15,951. Then the following month and every month after that, for the next 49 months, you're going to pay $1 a month. Essentially, you you don't pay it off. You just pay it down. You pay a dollar a month. And you can do that with your existing loans. Pay them down as low as possible and then pay a dollar a month for the remaining term. What that does is when you make that big payment, it puts it on your credit report that you've made 49 payments. So it looks like you've made 49 payments and you really have only made one. This will increase your credit score and will make it so it saves you money in the future. For more credit tips like this, visit my website, badcreditisachoice.com. Today on the show, I'm talking about the credit reporting dispute process, how it works when you find a mistake on your credit report. Now, what do I mean by mistake? I mean, anything that's not reported 100% accurately. The Fair Credit Reporting Act requires the credit bureaus and the banks to report only accurate information. And if you find a mistake in the way it's being reported, you have a legal right to dispute it, and they have a legal responsibility to correct it or remove it. And because they don't really have that data after about six months of the account being closed or six months after the payment history or six months after you paying it off, um, a lot of times they don't have that data. And because of that, they can't, they can't verify the information to be 100% accurate. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you had an account with Bank of America. Bank of America loves to report that your account was open on January 1st of the year that you opened it. Whether you open the account in July or August or November, they seem to always report January 1st of that year. Now, we both know that there's no such thing as a bank being open on January 1st. The banks aren't open. So for them to say that it was open on January 1st would be incorrect. Hence, you could then go and dispute that mistake. And because they could not correct it or they were, are unwilling to correct it, they would then be forced to remove it from your credit report. 
Another example that Bank of America does a lot. If you look at your debit card or your credit card, you will, a Visa, MasterCard, or, or Discover will have 16 digits in the account number. 16. Four sets of four. American Express is a little bit different. They have 15. Fair Credit Report Act requires the furnishers to report an accurate account number. And yet, Bank of America will only report the last four of that card. That's it. The last four. Think about all the millions of credit cards out there that have the same last four. Now, when you go to dispute that, they will then say, well, you need to include your entire account number. Your response would be, well, you need to include it on my credit report. Since you're not, I want it removed. So that's the kind of mistakes that I'm talking about. So what happens in that dispute process? Well, if you'd like to get a copy of a free report, you can get it on my website at badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com. It is called Credit Bureaus Exposed. And I also have a report called Automated Injustice that will talk about this in great length. So what happens with the disputing process is you write a letter and you send it off to the credit reporting agency, Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion. You should never dispute online, ever. Because when you dispute online, you actually agree to their terms, which actually takes away your rights. It's kind of like if a police officer asks if he can search your vehicle. Well, if you say, yeah, I have nothing to hide, and then you find some, he finds something in there that you didn't even know was there, well, guess what? You're going to jail. Because... You gave him right. You gave him the right to violate your rights. You gave up your rights, and so when you actually dispute it online, you're giving up your rights because you agree to their terms. So never dispute online. You have to send everything in writing to the credit repair or credit reporting agencies. When you send it, send it certified letters, certified mail rather. So that way you have proof that you actually sent it. Okay. So they can't say, "Well, we never received it." You have a signature and a date the time when they received it. In your dispute letter, you're going to send it off. You're going to find the mistakes in your credit report. You're going to send it off. Now, what's going to happen is that's going to go into a, onto a big conveyor belt. A machine is going to open that letter, and it's going to scan it through what's called an OCR machine. OCR stands for Optical Character Recognition. At that point, the computer is going to read your letter. They are then going to assign a three-digit code to that letter. So you could write a 15-page letter with all the documentation you want to provide, proving that they are wrong. They will then take that 15-digit or 15-page letter and turn it into a three-digit code, such as 001, which is 70% of the codes used. So 70% of the time, the code that the bureaus attach is 001, which means consumer states account is not his or hers. That's not what your letter said, but that's what the computer assigns to it. That then goes through a system called eOscar. There's someone in a room in the Philippines or in India, has no access to the internet, has no access to email, has no access to a phone or a fax. All they do is they have a screen, and it pops up. Rondi Lambeth says this is not his account. They then click a button, and it sends it off to Bank of America. Bank of America also clicks a button, has a screen that says, Rondi Lambeth states it's not his account. They click on my name. They see that I had an account at some point. They click verified account is his. And then it ships it back to the credit bureaus. They ship it back through the eOscar system. And guess what? A letter is printed out and sent to you verified. That is the dispute process. That's why it's almost impossible to fix your own credit because it's automated injustice. 
They are breaking the law in so many different ways. Yet, our politicians and our judges won't do anything about it. Why? Because it's the credit bureaus and the banks that pay for their political campaigns. Millions and millions of dollars are donated to their campaigns, and therefore they look the other way. Because after all, they're all part of the same team, the top 1% of America. They're all getting rich off of us. So how do you get your credit fixed if it's impossible to do it on your own or nearly impossible to do it on your own? Well, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. We've helped thousands and thousands of people fix their credit. In fact, my program is, I'm so confident in my program that I'm 100% paid on performance. No upfront fees, no setup fees, no retainer fees, no monthly fees. Strictly 100% paid on performance. You, you hire me, I set up your account, you're billed $100. I send out your letters, I get your credit fixed, you're billed $100 per item that I get removed. If I don't remove anything, you don't pay me anything. Nothing, not one single penny. To sign up for credit repair or just to talk to one of our credit coaches for a free consultation, give me a call. 1-800-475-SCORE. That's one 800 475-SCORE, 1-800-475-7267, or you can simply go to the website and sign up. It's user-friendly. You go to the website, look to the right, a little bit down a little bit, it's a big button that says sign up here. Click on that, fill in the blanks. It's a multi-step process. Just follow the steps. Very, very basic, very simple. That website's badcreditisachoice.com. It really is. Bad credit is a choice because you can choose to live with it or you can choose to have it fixed. The choice is yours. So if you're ready to get your credit fixed, you're sick and tired of being told no. You're sick and tired of that little score following you around like a black cloud, embarrassing you. Go to the website and sign up today. It's badcreditisachoice.com. Again, that website is badcreditisachoice.com. Credit tip number 16 different types of inquiries. Now, what is an inquiry? An inquiry is when someone, either yourself or a potential creditor, accesses your credit report via the credit bureaus and inquires on your credit file. Now, there are two types of inquiries. There is a hard inquiry and there's a soft inquiry. A hard inquiry is the one that actually has a negative impact on your credit score or could have a negative impact on your credit score. That is generally made by a furnisher or a potential creditor. So you go and apply for a loan at Bank of America. They're going to inquire with the credit bureaus, get a copy of your credit report. That's going to show up on your credit report as a hard inquiry and will have a negative impact on your credit score for up to 12 months and will automatically fall off of your credit report after two years. Then there is the soft inquiry. The soft inquiry is when you go to freecreditreport.com and you sign up for a free account, which really is not free because they're going to charge you 30 bucks a month until you call or die. And then you access your own credit report. That is a soft inquiry. That will again show up on your credit report on your personal credit report that only you can see for the next 24 months. And it will have no negative impact on your credit score whatsoever. And you can pull it as many times as you want because it is a soft inquiry. Then there's another type of inquiry, and that is a bank checking account inquiry. That does not show up anywhere on your credit report. That's when you go apply for a new uh, checking account, and they access the banking records through check systems and see if you've ever written bad checks. Hope you enjoyed today's credit tip. For more, go to badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com.
Show. I'm your host, Rodney Lambeth, certified FICO credit professional, bringing to you each and every day, coast to coast, what I think they don't want you to know. And one of the things that I know for a fact that the credit bureaus don't want you to know is how to get a free copy of your credit report. Now, why in the world would the credit bureaus not want you to have a copy of your credit report? Because they don't want you to know what's on there. It wasn't that long ago that you were not able to see your credit. You were not able to review it. You weren't able to download it. You weren't able to request it in the mail. It was property of the credit reporting agencies and the banks. And it wasn't until our government got involved, took them to court, sued them, and created a law that allowed us to actually see our credit report. And that law allows us to order a free credit report every year. The credit bureaus have to pay for it. They have to print it. They have to put it in an envelope, and they have to pay for the stamps or the postage to send it to you once a year. Now, if you get denied credit, they also are responsible to send it to you if you request it. If you think you may be a victim of identity theft and you request a new copy, they have to send it to you. You don't have to go to these websites like freecreditreport.com, creditchecktotal.com, identityiq.com, True Credit, Credit Karma, Credit, and blah, 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 right? You don't have to go there and pay 30 bucks a month. You can get it for free. Now, where do you go to get it for free? Well, there's a few sites out there now. It used to be only one, which was annualcreditreport.com. That was the only place you could go for free annualcreditreport.com. Now, what a lot of banks are doing nowadays and a lot of credit card companies is they're actually giving you access to these credit reports for free. And it has a lot to do with identity theft. And that's usually what one of the uh, the arrangements that when there's a big security breach, like with Target, uh, Target had the, the big security breach these hackers were able to log into Target's database and steal all these credit cards and names and social security numbers and stuff. And so one of the, the things they had to pay for was identity monitoring, credit monitoring for all of these people who said they shopped at Target. And there were a lot of people that actually signed up for this free credit monitoring that said they went to Target and they actually never went to Target. But Target really has no proof of knowing who shopped there and who didn't. So they just paid for it. Now, because of this, with the Home Depot breach and a lot of the insurance breaches, now a lot of these banks are just offering it up for free. There's also a couple new websites out there called Credit Karma and Credit.com. Credit Karma will allow you to see your Equifax and TransUnion, as will Credit.com. They'll give you your scores. These scores are not FICO scores. These are FACO scores. Now, if you don't know what a FACO score is, go to my website, badcreditisachoice.com, badcreditisachoice.com, click on radio show and search for the program called FACO versus FICO, or maybe it's FICO versus FACO, whatever it is. The title is FICO versus FACO, and you can listen to that show about the difference between FACO and FICO, and there's a huge difference between 50 points and 150 points either way. So if you go to creditkarma.com and they say your credit score is 750, it may only be a 600 FICO. In my case, um, it's actually the opposite. My FICO credit score is much higher than my FACO score. So when I go to Credit Karma, 
my real FICO score is actually higher than what Credit Karma has listed. Why? I don't know. It's just the software. I mean, there's there's many different reasons. I don't have enough time to go into it today. If you really want to know why, go to FICO versus FACO. Go to the website, badcreditisachoice.com. Click on radio shows and then look for FICO versus FACO program. So back to the subject of today's show. What I'm talking about right now is how to get a free copy of your credit report. Well, you can go to creditkarma.com. You can sign up with your email address. You create a username, password. Um, and the reason they're doing this is for ads. They want you to buy credit cards or get credit cards from their website. So if you go there and you decide, you know what, I'm a Capital One Venture card. I want the rewards. I want the points because Rondi really likes his. Um, you go there and you apply. Capital One gives you that card. They're going to send a check to Credit Karma for 25 to 50 bucks. That's really that simple. So it's a lot better for them to have you on there getting multiple cards, refinancing your house, get a new car loan, and then they get paid from the credit card companies and the banks that they promote. It's really not, that's all it is, it's affiliate marketing. In the meantime, they're getting a copy of your credit report for free. Now, you can't actually download it, you can just look at it a little bit, but if you want a real credit report, and you don't want to go get an inquiry from a mortgage company or a car dealership, you're going to go to this website annualcreditreport.com. Now, I said before, you could get free credit reports on many, many different sites, right? Credit Karma, Credit, but it's not a true credit report. It doesn't show you everything. It just shows you bits and pieces, and you're not able to download and print the whole thing. But if you want one that you can actually look at, hold in your hand that shows all of the credit history, all of the inquiries, where, where you've lived in the last 20 years, who you've been married to, all the different aliases, you want a full credit report. There's only one place to get that. And that's annualcreditreport.com. Annual, A-N-N-U-A-L, creditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com. That's the only place you can get a true, 100% accurate, according to them. I mean, it's really not accurate, but if you go to Credit Karma, they might not have all of the, the payment history. They only show parts of it. So in order to get a real credit report, it's annualcreditreport.com. If you have issues with your credit, you want to fix it, go to my website, badcreditisachoice.com. Sign up, badcreditisachoice.com or call 1-800-475-SCORE, 1-800-475-7267. Credit tip 17, why buying a brand new car is a bad idea for most people. Most people cannot afford a brand new car. When you buy a brand new car, the moment you drive it off the lot, it's going to lose 10 to 20% of its value, and it's going to continue to lose 10 to 20% of its value every year after that. So unless you have a business that gets the write-off through the depreciation, the rapid depreciation, uh, it's generally a bad idea to buy a brand new car. You know, you're much better off if money's tight and you don't have the business and the write-offs, buy a car that's two years old, buy a, a lease return where someone else you know, lost all that money. You know, my, my Toyota Tundra, it is now, it's a 2010, so it's what, five, I've had it five years, and I paid $53,000 for it, and it's probably worth around 30000 now. So I lost, in those five years, what, $23,000? Now I got to depreciate it because of business and stuff. I mean, at the time, I could afford a brand new car, but would I buy a brand new one now? I don't think I would, not unless they could depreciate it through the business. So you're much better off with cars nowadays. It's not like the cars in the 80s and 90s that just fell apart. You know, buy a, a Toyota or buy a Honda or even Hyundais. The brand new Hyundais are amazing. And, 
and the two-year-old Hyundais are amazing cars. You know, you don't need to go spend $50,000 on a new car when you can spend $25,000 on a car that's two or three years old. It's a lease return that all the maintenance was done because they come for, you know, the maintenance is free with these leases. So don't buy a brand new car unless you can afford it and throw away that money, okay? If you got bad credit and you want to get it fixed, go to the website, badcreditisachoice.com and sign up for your free consultation. Badcreditisachoice.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ronnie Lambert, bringing to you what I think they don't want you to know. And today on the show, I want to talk about the different types of loans. Now, I know that sounds probably pretty simple and probably pretty basic, right? I mean, there's, you go to the bank, you fill out an application, they give you some money, uh, you make your payment, goes on your credit report, and that's it. It's a loan. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. There's many types of loans. There are installment loans. There's personal loans. There's mortgage accounts. And so the way it's coded is different depending on what kind of loan, whether it's a student loan or a signature loan, a car loan, or a mortgage, an airplane loan, a motorcycle loan, a boat loan, a motorhome loan. They're all differently coded, and they all impact your credit score in a different way. And there's actually different versions of the credit score depending on what type of loan you're applying for. And that's why when you go to, let's say you go to a car dealership and they pull your credit and they say, hey, congratulations, Mr. Lambeth, your credit score is a 723. You think to yourself, wait a minute, I just checked my credit last night. It was a 754. Why is it 31 points lower or vice versa? Why is it 31 points higher if it was the other way around? And it's because they're pulling a car loan credit score. And when you go to apply for a credit card, the credit card company may use a credit card score. How about this one? When a collection company is deciding on whether or not they want to take your account on because someone wants them to buy your collection account, what your collection recovery score is or... What is your bankruptcy credit score? Now, I'm digressing a little bit too far into scores, and that's not what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the loans, but it all ties together. See, there are many different types of loans. And if you want to learn more about this or more about scores or how to get items removed from your credit report, go to my website. I have over 1,000 past radio shows uploaded on the website. That's right, over 1,000 shows. I've been doing this show now going on five years, five times 365 days a year. Well, it's over a thousand shows. You can listen to any and every one of them at badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com. You can also sign up for a free credit consultation. You can sign up to get your own credit cards that don't check your credit. And you can even sign up to have your credit fixed. If you, like me, used to be, used to have bad credit and you want to have good credit, you can go there like thousands of other people have. Sign up for credit repair. We'll get you started. No money out of pocket paid on performance as little as $100 per item. That's right. You got a bankruptcy or foreclosure, we get it removed, 100 bucks. Yeah, 100 bucks. You can't beat it. So go to the website, badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com. Now, what types of loans are there? There are simple installment loans. That is, you go to the bank and you say, you know what, banker, I need $5,000. I want to pay off some credit cards modify my debt, pay off the credit cards. And so they give you an installment loan. 
fine. Shows up on your credit report, installment loan. Installment loan means they give you a set amount of money. You have so many, so many months to pay it, and the payment is the same every single month. Installment. You're making installments on it, okay? Then you have a car loan. That is an installment loan, but it's going to be classified as an autom- automobile loan. And the reason for that is, and why it can impact your credit score differently, is if you've had a car repossessed in the past, your car loan score is going to be much lower because there's a higher risk of you having another repossession in the future versus if you've never had a car repoed. Now, the good news with with our service is we can get that repo removed, and we've removed thousands of repossessions for people's credit reports. Again, the website's badcreditisachoice.com. So that's an installment loan. Now you have another type of installment loan, if you will, is a mortgage, and that's going to be classified as a mortgage on your credit report. Now, if you've never had a mortgage before and you get a mortgage, you're going to see your credit score go up drastically once it reports the first payment being made. And the reason why is the way FICO works. Um, When you have a mortgage, the likelihood of you having a major derogatory item hit your credit in in the following 24 months is much lower than someone who rents. You're much more financially stable because the banks put you through the ringer nowadays. I mean, you got to have a steady job. You got to have a savings account. You got to have money to put down. Everything's got to be perfect in order for you to buy a house nowadays. So FICO knows this. So they figure if you got a house, you're much lower risk of missing a payment. So your scores go up. Now, there are other loans. There are boat loans. Those are going to be under the recreational vehicle loans, RVs, motorcycles, boats. Uh, those loans, when they report, it's a little higher risk because The first thing, if someone gets in financial trouble, they're going to make their mortgage, they're going to make their car payment, but they might not make the boat payment, they might not make the RV payment, and they might not make the motorcycle payment. So those loans are graded a little bit differently with the FICO score models. So when they report, um, your your scores are going to, you're not going to see that, that big jump until you've made about 48 payments on those. And that's why it's important if you get one of those loans, never pay it off early. You, You got to pay it down. And then once you paid it down, pay a dollar a month and go full term on RV loans. Otherwise, if you get a motorcycle loan or RV or boat and you pay it off within 48 months or less, uh, you're going to see a drop in your credit score and it's going to stay pretty low. So you never want to pay those loans early. Same thing with your house. You never want to pay it off early. You want to pay it down as fast as you can. If you want more information on this or you want to sign up for credit repair, go to my website. It's badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com or simply call 1-800-475-SCORE. That's 1-800-475-SCORE, 1-800-475-7267. Credit tip number 57. How long do items stay on your credit report? Well, it's kind of a trick question because most people would say seven years, but that would be a negative payment history can stay on your credit report for up to seven years. So how long do items stay on your credit report? Well, there's many different items. There are inquiries, which actually will stay on your credit report for as long as two years, but will only impact your credit score as much as 12 months or one year. And in fact, 90% of all inquiries are ignored, so they don't affect your credit score at all. Now, there are late payments. A late payment can stay on your credit for up to seven years from date of first delinquency. Same thing with the collection, up to seven years. Now, I've seen collections on credit reports as much as 30 
years later, 33-0. But the law says they can only report for as much as seven years past the date of first delinquency. How did they get around that? Well, they changed the delinquency date. So when the collection company buys it and they sell it to their brother and they sell it to their sister company and their grandfather's company and their niece and their nephew and all these different companies, they change the delinquency date, which then changes how long it can stay. This is illegal. And yet they get away with it because unless you enforce your rights, you have no rights. You have to ask them to correct it. All right. How about a charge off? Seven years. How about a judgment? That's a public record. Up to 10 years. So a judgment, a bankruptcy, those can stay on your credit for as long as 10 years. What about a lien, a tax lien? Tax liens technically can stay on your credit for up to 20 years and then be renewed. When you pay a tax lien, it actually essentially renews it and it reports for an additional 10 years. So they can report for as long as 20 years. However, they're very easy to get removed from your credit report if you've paid them. We are 100% effective. That's the only thing I can say 100% of the time. 100% of the time, if you have an IRS tax lien, if you worked out a payment arrangement with them, we can get it removed 100% of the time. Why? That's just our stat, 100% because the IRS allows us to work with the credit bureaus and to have that removed from your credit report. Now, if you have items like late payments or charge-offs or foreclosures or bankruptcies, we can remove those as well. We've, we remove them all the time. There's nothing on a credit report that can't be removed from a credit report. If you have bad credit and you want to get it fixed because you're sick and tired of being told no and being denied, go to my website, badcreditisachoice.com. Badcreditisachoice.com or call 1-800-475-SCORE. 1-800-475-7267. Certified FICO credit professional, author and speaker, and your local credit expert, bringing to you what I think they don't want you to know. One of the things that I truly believe is destroying our nation's economy, destroying our children's future, our grandchildren's future, is student loans. Absolutely, in my opinion, an epidemic. There's some words that I just can't say. I, I used to stutter as a kid, and I have a hard time. I tell people that, and they're like, I can't believe that you have a hard time talking. There's some words I can't pronounce, but regardless, I believe it's an epidemic that student loans are absolutely horrible. Today, I was talking to a friend, and he, he's, he's trying to get out of debt. He's been unemployed for nearly three years. His wife works. He can't get a job. He went to college, got a bachelor's degree in accounting, of all things, and just, you know, was living in the Bay Area, just couldn't find a job as an accountant, just nothing there. And he's doing odd jobs here and there, but nothing, nothing worthwhile. And he's now got a job, and he's making good money. His wife's now making good money, so he was talking to me about how do, how do I get out of debt? What's, what's the best way to get debt-free, and, you know, how do I do it? So I said, well, you know, what kind of debt do you have? And he's got some credit cards. He's got a car loan. And then he's got he's got $30,000 of student loan debt. His wife's got $20,000. And 
And I said, well, the first thing you got to pay off is you got to pay off those credit cards. And the reason you got to pay off the credit cards first, even though the interest rate on the student loans may be higher, you got to pay off the credit cards first because the sooner you pay off a credit card, the faster your credit score is going to go up. And this is what I told him. You know, one credit card's $300, one's $500, one's 1000 I mean, they're little tiny balances. You got to pay them off first. But because as soon as you pay off one, it motivates you. Hey, I paid off a credit card. Let's pay off the second one. You pay off the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the sixth one. And now your scores constantly go up. They go up. They get higher and higher and higher and higher. Whereas if he took that $3,000 and applied it towards his $30,000 $30, student loan, his score wouldn't change at all. Because FICO doesn't care whether or not you're paying extra on your installment loans, and a student loan is an installment loan. They do care about your balances on credit cards. They care about balances on credit cards more than anything else on your credit. Credit cards impact your credit score more than anything, more than a bankruptcy, more than a foreclosure. Credit cards are the most important thing to your credit score on how you manage those credit cards. No credit cards, horrible credit, or at least not good credit. You'll have bad credit your entire life. Even if you never miss a payment, if you don't have at least three open credit cards, you'll never have good credit. You have to have good credit, or you have to have credit cards in order to have good credit. Now, student loans, why are they, why are they so horrible? Well, I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, my the problem with my student loans is my wife's, her, her minimum payment's $45 a month and mine's $75 a month. So we only have to pay $120 a month on $50,000. Now, I don't know about you and how good you are at math, but most, most student loans are around 5%. $50,000 at 5% is about $2,500 a year in interest. If you're only paying 120 bucks a month, that's $1,400 a year that you're paying. But the interest is $2,500. So you're basically losing $1,100 a year by making the minimum payment. It's worse. I mean, it's almost as bad as a credit card. At least with a credit card, you can sometimes deduct it. And this is why people will go to college, they get a $30,000 loan, and 20 years later, they still owe thirty grand. And it's because of the way the government's got these minimum payments set up and the interest rate growing on the back, and they can let you do hardships and put it deferred. But you can't file bankruptcy on it. Oh, no, can't file bankruptcy on a student loan. You can file bankruptcy on any other debt, but not a student loan. Why? Because it's the government's cash cow. It is their get-out-of-jail-free card, kind of like Social Security, IOUs. They spend all that money. They need this money from our children and grandchildren and our friends. So I believe that if you have a student loan, you need to do everything in your power to pay that off as fast as possible. Start with your credit cards. Get your credit cards paid down because what's going to happen is your credit score is going to go up. And as you pay these credit cards, they're going to start, your other credit card companies are going to start offering you 0% interest for 12 and 18 months to do a balance transfer. Then you can transfer the high interest rates. Now you have no interest and you can start putting that extra money towards the credit cards with interest and it just starts to snowball your scores go higher the interest rates go lower and now you can start putting that money towards those student loans 
You can't do the minimum payments on student loans, my friend. You have to pay them off before anything else. You shouldn't be doing retirement. You shouldn't be doing rainy day funds. You shouldn't be doing savings accounts. You need to get the student loans paid off as fast as possible. Now, when I say paid off, I'm talking about paid down. If it's a 10-year loan, pay it down to 100 bucks and pay a dollar a month for the next 100 months. You don't want to pay them completely off because then that hurts your credit score. You want to go full term, but you want to pay them down to very, very minimum and then pay a dollar a month until they actually close out. Because if you don't, scores go down, right? Because if you pay off those loans early, FICO is going to ding you and you're going to pay more. So figure out how many months left on the term of the student loan, pay it down to the number of months times a dollar and then pay a dollar a month until it's done. Okay, if you want to be careful, pay a little bit extra. If you want more information, go to the website, badcreditisachoice.com. That's badcreditisachoice.com, or give us a call, 1-800-475-SCORE, 1-800-475-7267. Credit tip number 22, why you should think twice before you open a department store credit card. What am I talking about? You know, when you're at Home Depot and they ask, would you like to save an additional 5% and apply for a Home Depot card? Or if you're at Kohl's and they say, would you like to save a 10% today off your purchase? Well, most of the time, it doesn't make sense to do this. With the only exception to be if you're actually going to shop there on a regular basis or if you're going to save a substantial amount of money. And what I mean by that is if you're going to Home Depot and you're going to remodel your kitchen and you're going to get all of your supplies from them, or you're going to get recarpet your whole house and you're going to save four or five, six hundred dollars. Hey, that makes sense, you know, because you can actually save some money. But if you're going to Kohl's and you only shop there once a year at Christmas time or when it's time to buy new clothes for the kids and you're only going to save 20, 30 bucks a year, it's just not worth it because what happens is because you're not using that card on a regular basis, such as a Visa or MasterCard that you can get by groceries and gas with it, FICO ignores that card because they think it's a closed account. So now, instead of it helping your credit file, it actually hurts your credit file because it looks like a dead, inactive account, and you're actually penalized for it. The other problem is a lot of these cards have very small balances or credit limits. And so when you use the card and you incur a balance, it actually has a negative impact on your credit score as well. So my general rule of thumb is to avoid all department store cards. That's right. Avoid all department store cards. Hope you enjoyed the tip. For more tips like this, go to the website, badcreditisachoice.com. Again, that website is badcreditisachoice.com. Ronnie Lambeth, certified FICO credit professional, author, speaker, and your local credit expert, bringing to you stations like this one each and every day, coast to coast, what I think they don't want you to know about your credit and your debt. And on this segment of the show, I'm going to be talking about why debt consolidation could be a bad idea. Why debt consolidation could be a bad idea. And I know what you're thinking. How could that be a bad idea to con? to take all my bills and put them into one and consolidate it so I only have one payment. Well, my opinion on this and the reason I think it could be a bad idea is when you go to these companies that say they're consolidating your debt and these debt settlement companies and and really what they're doing is you stop paying all your bills 
And then what happens when that when you stop paying your bills? Well, you start getting negative items reported on your credit report. You start getting 30 day late, 60 days, 90, 120, 150, 180. Once you hit 180 days, they're going to charge that debt off if it is a credit card. And that's generally what people consolidate because you you can't go 180 days and not make your car payment and keep your car. They're going to repossess it, right? And you generally can't go 180 days without making your house payment because they're going to come take it. So generally, when we talk about debt consolidation, it's on credit cards. And let's say you have five credit cards. So they make you stop paying the payments on those five cards. And then as it gets close to the charge-off mode or charge-off time, uh, they will then call and say, hey, we'll give you a one-time payment of such and such. And they'll accept it, okay? It's no different than just doing debt settlement, um, and then they'll throw that into one loan through their company. So now instead of you paying five different credit card companies, you're actually making one monthly payment to one company, this debt consolidation company. And then they take that money and they take the majority of that money and put it in their pockets, leave a little bit left to pay your bills. And then they essentially loan you the money, right? Because you're just keep paying them for five to 10 years or whatever the term may be. This, I think, is a bad idea because all it does is destroy your credit. Yeah, maybe you're going to save some money. Usually you don't because the consolidation company is going to charge you so much in fees, it's basically the same as what you were going to pay for the credit cards minus maybe the interest. All right, But it damages and can ruin your credit. Now you have bad credit for seven years. And it's going to follow you around like the plague, you know. And then you're going to be denied credit when you need to go buy a new car because your old car broke down or just gave, gave out on you. Or maybe you need to send one of your kids to college. You're going to be de denied student loans. Or denied employment. Or your driving license will be suspended or revoked. There's so many different aspects of the, the credit scores, not just you know being in debt and getting credit cards. And that's why some people are like, I don't care. I never want to use a credit card again. You know, that's just, it's a bad, bad idea and a bad way to live your life. You know, it's one thing if you're the Alaskan bush people live without credit. You know, I, recently I was sick and I, I laid on the couch for the, the day um, watching Alaskan bush people and bar rescue. Now, if, if you're living in the Alaskan bush, you have no electricity, no running water, you're using an outhouse, you have no food, so you got to go out and kill it, and you're living as if you were in the 1800s, well, credit really is not that important, right? All right? But do you want to live like the Alaskan bush people and hunt for your food every day and take a shower in the stream and fight off grizzly bears? If you don't, I know I don't. I mean, it, I lived that way as a kid. I didn't have running water or electricity until I was 16 years old when I left home. You know, I only got to take a bath once a week and it was in the creek. And I only wanted to take a bath because once a week because it was cold, you know, in the wintertime. So unless you want to live that way off the grid, credit is important. Now, I was out um, recently. I was in San Diego and I went on a fishing boat and I know what it was. The um, the gentleman that has the house above my house in Poway, above the, the town home that I, I stay at in Poway, 
come down. And he says, you know what, Rondi, I got something to say. So what's that? He goes, I've lived off of, I've lived without good credit. And I said, he goes, even though you said you can't do that, you, you can live without credit. And I said, Dave, I never said that you couldn't live without credit. I said, life is harder when you don't have good credit. Life is harder when you don't have money. Life is harder when you're stupid, right? The old saying, life is hard, but it's even harder when you're dumb or when you're stupid. So you can live off the grid. You can live as the Alaskan bush people or the Amazon bush people without credit. But I don't want to live that way. I don't think you want to live that way. So you need to get your credit fixed. You need to work on your credit. And I think debt consolidation could be a bad idea. Now, what kind of debt consolidation would, would I actually agree with? Taking credit cards with interest rates on them and consolidating them and putting them on credit cards with 0% interest. That is actually a good idea most of the time. As long as you don't max out the ones you just paid off. You got to be disciplined. So if you get those introductory rates at 0% interest for 18 months and you got a credit card with 15% interest, transfer it. Yeah, pay the 3% transfer fee. That's a lot cheaper than 15 yeah, it's 3%, but it still saves you 12. And you take that 12 and you add on to your principal and you get out of debt faster. And the faster you get out of debt, the happier you will be. Now, if you got bad credit due to debt consolidation or any other reason, you want to get it fixed, go to my website, sign up for a free consultation, badcreditisachoice.com. Badcreditisachoice.com or call 1-800-475-SCORE. 1-800-475-SCORE, 1-800-475-7267.